welcome back to the Floating Through Film podcast. This is episode two. Today we are uh, discussing the French New Wave. Uh, This is the first in a four-part series, I believe, we're doing on it. Um, And the reason why, and this is mainly my choice because we uh, we want to do a theme every like four or so weeks, and uh, um, French New Wave is a part of is a movement in cinema that I've always been very interested into. It's it's definitely uh it's definitely inspired me like my movie watching and uh it's definitely gone to me- movies more and got me more interested in movies in general so um so i'm joined here by my co-host danny hello and blake what's up and uh so let's get right into it uh so what do you what do you guys think what are your overall thoughts about the french new wave to start it off with so like now that I've watched a lot of the French New Waves again, preparing for these episodes, um, my thoughts are actually a lot different than when I, what I had even maybe even a year ago to six months ago when I thought even I kind of bought into the propaganda or the hype of in terms of how when people stereotype the French New Wave, you know, they think yeah. of a certain type of movie, you know, right. they think of <laughs> maybe Godard mainly, yeah, just but Godard and uh, maybe some Varda fans, but... Uh, I'm just saying in terms of like, I don't know, I don't know what audience I'm even talking about. Maybe uh, like popular letterbox users. That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. You know that kind of. Me. <laughs> no, in terms no. of like uh, your average letterbox user, that you know is still uh, movie literate. Yeah. But they uh, might still stereotype the French New Wave as you know just what Godard did basically. You yeah. know. Just like. Yeah. So not dumb movie fans or anything. Honestly, I'm not calling myself a dumb movie fan. Hopefully not. Just stereotype. It's just old French movies. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Or mainly just thinking of Godard. But then, honestly, watching Romer and Truffaut and uh, even some older Varda movies again, like, uh, and Reznaz as well, just thinking of all the different styles within this kind of movement yeah, has been kind of the best part for me uh, preparing for these episodes. So, yeah. What do you all, you, Blake? Yeah, so whenever Dan was saying that, I, I actually used to be that type of person that whenever you mentioned the French New Wave, it was just like, I just think of Godard. I would think of Varda because I had seen a couple of her movies already, but I would mostly think of Godard and Truffaut. But I'm glad that we're doing this series because it has educated me a little bit more, definitely, on um, the uh, just how, how the variety that is in the just the French New Wave in general. There are so, there's so much different variety that these directors do. They're yeah. they're not the same at all. Oh yeah. I, do, I have sure. my preferences on which directors I like more than others for sure. <laughs> I think everyone will if they actually delved into it. But that's, whatever. That's honestly I, my favorite yeah. part though, right? It's not all yeah. one thing. Yeah. It's not like oh I like Godard so I like everything in the French New Wave. Yeah. Yeah. You know, or it's I like Varda so I like everything in the French New Wave. Yeah. I feel like those are two of the most popular right now. Yeah. Anyway. I just never, I just never got around to the French New Wave. I got two thousand movies in. I, I just never gotten around to it <laughs> until now. Like, Honestly, that was like crazy. it's, yeah. it's just like it. I just seen got, some Breathless I just, before, right? Which one? Breathless. I'd seen Breathless. I'd seen, I'd seen the cut few Godards mostly. Like I hadn't seen. That's what I'm saying Trifo, though. Really. That's what I'm saying though. I had, I'd seen a couple of Vardas, but that's it, basically. Yeah. Now you I've could see how a lot of people might be like, "Oh, I've got the gist of the French New Wave." I've yeah, definitely. You could definitely see that. True, yeah, but I mean, it's not. But though. what about you, no, Luke? No. This is I mean, your well, topic. My my French New Wave. I think what did it start with? Um, I think I was exposed kind of with, I think just Varda and Godard. Actually, you know what? It might have been Demi. Actually, he was kind of my first exposure to it. I would I didn't really like think of it as the French New Wave when I was watching it. I was 
her junk to me was really good and so I decided to watch it and you know it's uh, I could I didn't really get the grasp of it when I watched it it was more when I watched you know Varda when I watched Cleo's Friday 7 for the first time and like and then I watched Breathless and The 400 Blows and I was like okay I kind of get it now you know but uh, that's generally how I started I mean and uh, well yeah um, so I guess uh, probably should start with like how did, how, how did the French New Wave come to beat you guys like that's a good uh, question in terms of like I was thinking we could talk about well at least personally what I wanted to mention again in terms of what got me interested especially later on more recently is all the writing they did yeah. as film critics before they all became directors at least okay. the ones you know in this episode we're talking about um, spoiler alert uh, Truffaut and Godard later they're yeah. two of their classic movies later in the episode so uh, just thinking about how they wrote a lot about movies and all types of movies you know, uh, yeah. Western, you know we're going to talk about these in later episodes but you know talking about American movies talking about you know uh, you know, Western Italian, Russian Italian movies, Italian, but Italian movies for sure. But like, um, being able to, because um, this is just one of my favorite parts of movies in general is yeah. uh, knowing that, like, I watch a really good movie and I like the movie by itself, obviously. But then the fact that I can just go and find like what this director wrote about his thoughts behind it, you know, and why he chose to do this kind of, uh, chose to make certain choices, and you know, why he's making yeah. a movie, or even just get his personality through his writing. Yeah. I, that's one of my favorite parts of actually watching movies, you know, is oh, actually yeah. going and reading about them after. So, do you think uh, that's like that's uh, become less prevalent nowadays? Do you think directors are less of more afraid to come out about it? Because I feel I see feel that's like, a thing. Yeah, exactly. That might be true, right? Um, why do you think that is? I don't know. Honestly, that's a good question. Because like nowadays, like and it's also I also notice this like when I see like older directors like often like we're like ruthless against other yes, directors back yes. in the day like. Bergman hated everyone, bro. Oh, yeah. Like he was out for yeah. blood. But yeah, I don't know. It's just I think a lot of directors are just like too afraid to like offend, like insult anyone right now. Like they don't want to have bad blood with anyone, and <laughs> pretty much they just want to keep their connections right now. And that's a great uh, point in terms of comparing that to the French New Wave directors that yeah. they did not care, especially in their writings. You know, they on purpose they were trying to offend people to some degree. <laughs> yeah, you know, at least to get true. people to think. You know, true. like. They were making fun of people that didn't think uh, American Westerns were good because, you know, a lot of yeah. people in Europe thought they were bad. And honestly, they, they were they were right, roasting so. the, They were roasting British genre films because yeah, they yeah. thought they were terrible. <laughs> they might have been right about that. So. I mean, honestly. <laughs> no, I can't. I don't know. I haven't seen that many of them, so no, really, I don't want to judge it yet. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, but, um, yeah, so really the writing, like, yeah. uh, and then that influencing why they wanted to make movies. Yeah. Uh, and I guess that can kind of lead us into talking about more just the auteur theory. Oh, yeah, for right? sure. Because that's uh, probably their biggest contribution. Yeah, I mean, if, really if it wasn't for auteur theory, I don't think. Movies, just movies wouldn't be nowhere near as interesting as if everyone Honestly, was just... Stu- like, auteur theory just it, it gives so everyone a personality, that? you know? Yes, at least they emphasize that. Yeah. I mean, part of their point was there were already directors doing that. Yeah, it's just, you know, it just got more commercialized. They, and like. Yes. Exactly. They started branding the director way yeah. more than it used to be, right? Like, especially a lot of their early French New Wave movies, they became popular because it was like, oh, we're going to watch a French New Wave movie, you know? It has yeah. a good, uh, uh, it has a good title to it. Like, yeah, it's you can see you could be seen as the cool person at the time watching it, you know. <laughs> but they last because they're good movies too, you know. Yeah. Not just that part. They knew what they were doing. Yeah. And at the same time, they were selling that. Yeah. It's it's super interesting because you know, I think I I think I've I think I read it somewhere like. Basically, uh, 
the French New Wave, one of the reasons it, it came influential in America is that uh, every, all the youth in America were getting so, like, bored of all the new, like, Hollywood studio system that they just, like, started not watching them and started watching, you know, more French New Wave, you know, Godard Truffaut, like, because yes. it was just more interesting and... Like, uh, the movie I always think of uh, with that specifically is Bonnie and Clyde. Oh, yeah. Right? Like, everyone in America knows that those characters now because of that movie. Yeah. And yet that was directly influenced by the French New Wave, you know? Like, yeah. they were literally like, oh, it's, you can do that in a movie? Let's do... Like, and it came out, what, Bonnie and Clyde's early 60s, I'm pretty sure, so... Somewhere around there, uh, yeah. I mean... Let me look it up. It's only it's, Bonnie and Clyde's, like, 66, I'm pretty sure, or 67. Okay. I mean, I've never seen Bonnie and Clyde, but honestly, it just, like, sounds... Similar to Breathless. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just like, it's like it's like it seems like his take on Breathless. It feels like, for oh, I haven't seen it, but I mean, it feels like an American take on that kind of movie, <laughs> right? Where you're more, it's not about the story, it's about the character specifically in the story. Yeah. And uh, like the movie I was thinking about this week, um, watch because we you know, spoiler alert, we're talking about Breathless later. Um, <laughs> The movie, uh, thinking about watching that movie, the movie that kept coming to my mind was Terrence Malick's Badlands. Oh, yeah. You know, just like, obviously, in terms of style, like, you can, Godard and Malick couldn't be more different. But at the same time, you can kind of see what I'm t- talking about, you know, when I yeah. compare the two movies. You know, you're following two characters that are not necessarily the best. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Literally murderers. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but it also makes you question that. It, it's like, uh, well, mainly with Badlands, I feel like, you know, is... Holly, like that's I kind of like no, the ambiguity of it. You she's know? more the supporter, right? Or yeah. like the same with the. It, it gets a question of morality. You know? Yes. Is, is it, she? It raises the questions. Yeah. It makes you think about it. And I mean, Breathless kind of does that with the other character. Do you feel like? Are we going into Breathless? No, I, I don't want to go super into right now. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> what else do you want to mention then about the French? I mean, uh, I'll mention. I'll mention that okay. I used. Well, why I said that I had never got to the French New Wave is because I spent I spent most of my. Most of my movie time in Asia, and <laughs> okay. the Japanese New Wave is heavily influenced by the French New Wave, and I see that after okay. watching a lot of the French New Wave, or after watching a, quite a few of the French New Wave movies for this podcast now, okay. that okay. the Japanese New Wave is it is heavily influenced by the French New Wave for. So sure. what do you mean by that specifically? Like Seiju, I I was specifically thinking of Seiju and Suzuki right now, and like Tokyo Drifter, like those type okay. of movies. Oh, like okay. they are very yeah. style over substance. Like they follow the ty- the same like the same type of characters that people like Godard or Truffaut would have yes. in their movies like okay. not great character or like not it's like it's almost like two people, layers but, right it's yeah. like the noir layer yeah but then the French New Wave influence on the noir yes. that they're it's all pretty great them. honestly yeah, no, that's honestly one of the best parts of movies yes. dude. like uh, and related to the writing I was talking about um, with the French New Wave directors they uh, they were also influenced by a lot of critics especially one that we're going to talk about in later episodes for sure is Andre ba- uh, Bazin and he released. Uh, he was one of the early critics that really emphasized the importance of tradition yeah. in a cinema. Right? It's not all the same thing. These styles are evolving. Like literally, what Blake just mentioned was the, the form evolving. Right? The yeah. noir, like the noir, is not one thing. It's no. been around for so long now. It has all these different, depending on what country you use, or what country it's made in. Yeah. Uh, it it changes, yeah. but it also you can see like the direct lineage of oh this would not happen if this that didn't happen. And this wouldn't happen if this didn't happen, right? Like, that's yeah. one of the coolest parts about studying any art form. But for our generation, definitely film, you know? Yes. Yeah. Because, like, um, it is one of the newest. And this is something they all understood. This is a, a new art form relative to all the other art forms. Yeah. You know, like, they were writing in the 60s. It had only been around for, what, maybe 70 years? If you're yeah. counting the 1890s. If you're counting the 1890s, yeah. yeah. <laughs> counting the 1890s. That's not, 
like compare that to a painting or something. I mean, that's not even close to no, ears. Yeah. But I mean, uh, what I also want to talk about is more the technical aspect to introduce okay, it. Yes, you know, yes. uh, like do you guys do you guys like the experimentation with the camera? You know, do you like the handheld? Yes. Do you like the jump cuts, the editing? You know, yes. and the uh, the shooting on location. You know, what, what do you guys think <laughs> about that? You know, like okay, uh, this is what I'll say. I like their concept, their reasoning behind it, right? Okay. And one of the yep. major reasonings was uh, they were really mad at the time of every movie having to have these huge budgets and being like, oh, we can't make a movie unless it makes all this money because we spent all this money on it. And they were like, why can't you just take a camera and go down the street and film people just yeah, having a conversation, yeah. even on this, like you're filming them in public, literally, right? Yeah. And it costs $10,000. <laughs> yeah. Why not, you know? And that's that was one of the, to me, that's one of their biggest influences too is just that idea of you don't need all this... Just think about how movies are sold nowadays. Yeah. With like, you can't make a movie unless it makes a billion dollars at the box office. It's a failure or something. Yeah. You know? Like they were yeah. fighting against the same kind of stuff. Like. Yeah. Why can't you make a movie that was just ten million dollars and it makes fifteen and it was a great movie? Yeah. You know. We we need we need a new Frenchie wave. You know. <laughs> oh, we do. I mean, there will always be individual directors there trying. Yes. Yeah. Right. For and sure. that's. Um, and in some ways, it's more. Uh, like it's weird to think about it like this, but it's more like people releasing movies on YouTube. Or Vimeo yeah, and is. things like that, yeah, right? It's for like sure, sure. Uh, we're trying to get rid of as much distribution as possible from the people that are trying to make. No, money. you can look up just like Google, just Google like horror shorts on YouTube, and you'll find some of the best horror like shorts that you'll find anywhere on YouTube. And it's just because yeah. it's so low budget; these people just know how to direct a horror short, yep. and they're not even like old; like they're they're <laughs> eighteen to twenty-five, you know, like and maybe even younger sometimes. That's really crazy. And it's proof that uh, you'll you'll be more forgiving if you can tell the people behind it cared. Yeah. And we're trying to be passionate. Well, like obviously a lot of like uh, I was just listening to this podcast about uh, Breathless before uh, we started doing this, and they were talking about how. Um, Godard, like a lot of the fast cuts people loved in the movie, you know, where like all of a sudden it would just cut to a new scene. And uh, oh, some yeah. of my favorite parts of that are like, we'll talk about it later with the ending scene in Breathless, but why he would just cut all of a sudden to a new scene. And people like, oh, that's crazy. You can just do that, you know, without <laughs> having to show like exterior, yeah, exterior, and someone to it. Yeah. But break it, but he would just say like, it was because we just ran out of footage and we had to just use the new footage, <laughs> you know? That's funny. Like, and partly that would probably be true, but partly he knew what he was doing as well. Yeah. Right? He knew the kind of effect it was creating. But at the same time, it was like, you don't need to do everything. Uh, you know, shot, 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 the same way you yeah. introduce every kind of scene, right? And yeah. I, yeah, and I think it gives, like, it It just kind of gives it a more authentic feel, you know? Yes, exactly. Than, you know, like, if you watch, like, an old Hollywood movie, you know, you know, I like those movies, but, like, sometimes they feel a little, you know, in, uh, insinc- insincere, you know? Okay, uh, yeah, yes. With their... Just, Overproduction. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. And it just it just feels so, like, real, you know? The French New Wave, how they film things, you know? It, you feel like, uh, you feel like oftentimes, like, you know, in Breathless or in Clear Friday 7, you feel like you're in Paris, you know, or in The Forgeable as well. Yes. But, yeah, you, just, you feel like yes. you're in the city, you're, you can feel, like, the griminess of the city, yes. you can feel, like, the, just the new, like, just the feel of it, Paris. Or, and that's what I want to also, that's a good way to talk about the French New Wave is literally how they film France, yeah, or how they film Paris, too, right? Because that's a big part of it, is they're filming all mostly on the streets or in uh, the village or even uh, or how, towns, how they film Hiroshima going. you know like yes. they go oh, yeah. to somewhere else that yeah. they don't know and they still film it really well no exactly yeah. right it's not in a studio with the, everything has to be perfect lighting and everything yeah. right uh, no that's a good way to talk about it as well like um, because they are filming just on the st- uh, outside and they're trying to film yeah. on location all the time you actually get some cool uh, different perspectives of Paris at the time 
Yeah. Because I was just thinking about this in terms of, like, I was just, I've watched a couple of Eric Romer movies in the last week, too. Yeah. And just thinking about how he films Paris versus how Godard films Paris. It's like, you can just see the totally different styles and who they were just based on how, what they choose to film, how they make, how they want you to make Paris feel, okay. you yeah. know. Uh, yeah. Uh, I like how they're, they're not afraid to show the bad parts of Paris, but you can tell their love yes. for Paris. Oh, yeah. And that's the main thing, right? That you yeah. can tell they both do love it, yeah. And, I mean, everything I've seen, Paris looks cool. I mean, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, we're French New Wave, especially watching French New Wave movies. Yeah. So. yeah. Hey, I want to go to Paris now, you know. <laughs> I'll just say this. There's no Arkansas New Wave for reason. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what, you oh, don't God. consider mud Honestly, Arkansas, Arkansas New Wave? Honestly, Arkansas is a gorgeous state, though. It is a beautiful it is. state. It's it a, is. It's a natural state for yeah, a reason. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, you, you consider that one robot movie, Arkansas New Wave? Uh, <laughs> oh, God. Freddy, Freddy, Freddy. <laughs> it's on Netflix. Please no. go watch. I mean, it. Mud's yeah. beautiful. That was filmed in Arkansas. Okay, yeah. And the the um, Hang the Banner, Minori, Minori, Minari, Minari, Minari. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I still haven't seen. I haven't that. seen that it. That was literally like set like. Yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, see, we, uh, yeah, we have some sure. good Arkansas so. movies. There's some good Arkansas movies for sure. Yeah, just a bit. I mean, we saw some Arkansas. Sure, I feel like. Sure. If we're comparing ourselves to the French New Wave, we'd for sure have some. Oh yeah, we lose that every time. You know, I mean, but um. All right, anything else, Luke, or should we go to the movie? Uh. discussing the two movies we uh, picked for today um, starting with The 400 Blows um, so what did you guys think of The 400 Blows I mean it wasn't really much much to say about it but like because you know it's, I mean it is a simple movie yeah in terms of uh, its story like um, I honestly kind of just like how simple it is that's one of my favorite parts of it like uh, compared to the movie we're going to talk about after Breathless <laughs> uh, The 400 Blows just feels a lot uh, slower, simpler in some ways. A little more can, subtle, yeah. It's more relatable. Yeah, so, uh, I think. Yeah, yeah I, I think that's. Think so. I think so. relatable because everyone has been a child. They've all been. They've all been to school. They've all had their friends yeah. in school. You've all gotten in trouble at school. You've all had fights with your parents. I have a stepfather, so I kind of. I get. Yeah. I get the fights. Or like, I get that relationship that he has with the stepfather. Yes. My relationship is definitely better than the one that, in this movie, but. <laughs> Obviously, but yeah. <laughs> so you can understand that feeling. But I can yeah. understand the yeah. feeling that this guy is going through, at least in that situation. Sometimes. Yeah, and I think I think that's why uh, a lot of people have heard to Breathless because Breathless, I feel like people can relate more to that than you know a guy who kills a police officer yeah, and tries sure. to you know tries to, to run tries, or, yeah, or tries to like run away. Yeah, with a girl, you yeah. know. But yeah, <laughs> we've all been through that. I know, we've all yeah. been through that. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, but like, so like. Uh, but this is the thing, though, like. It's also why I like the former blows to some degree is, uh, yeah, he's very way more sympathetic towards his character than Godard is to his male character in Breathless, obviously. Yeah. But at the same time, there's a certain amount of distance that he keeps in terms of he's not just like showing everything the kid does is good or everything he does is right. You know, he's he's kind of annoying. You know, like you can see why yeah. uh, his parents would get annoyed by him. You know, he's kind of like a he's re- he's very independent. Yeah, but there's something like there's something like. That makes you want to root for him. Oh, no, he's independent, yes. oh, yeah, but yeah, I mean, at the but... same time, he's also, like, just... He's a legitimately, like, nice kid. 
Oh, like yeah. whenever his mom tells him to do something, he's like he does it. He's not yeah, like yeah, he's yeah, not like true. he's not talking back. It's more he's like not a... doing stuff like that. He's actually just he is a good kid. Yeah, it's you like can tell if he she could heart, have it. Though, it's yeah. like she could have it. Way like I look at it from his point of view, and I'm like she could have it way worse. But this than is him. the thing. I think what he's really trying to say is there's really no such thing as a bad kid. No, they're just kids. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And even someone like this, where on the surface you might be like, look at all the decisions he makes. You know, he doesn't listen to his teacher. He like just runs away. Uh, from his class, basically, by punching that kid. That great scene where he just punches that kid and, like, runs yeah. off. Uh, but, yeah, you get to see, like, you see a certain person saying, oh, that's just a bad kid, you know? Yeah. Like, he never stood a chance, that kind of thing. They say that in the uh, movie, I'm pretty sure, so... Yeah. Oh, yeah, all the, a lot of the adults teach, yeah. treat him that way, you know? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, uh, but the way Truffaut is sympathetic towards him is not the way a typical movie would be, like, where you would see him all of a sudden succeeding at the end by, you know, getting an A on his test or something, or, like, yeah. the teacher loves him or something. <laughs> yeah. Uh, honestly, it's a very ambiguous ending. It's yeah, a I love the honest, ending. We can get to the ending. Yeah, a little bit. it's one of my favorite uh, endings ever. Oh, honestly, great, yeah. great, great ending. Um, but it's earned. That's why, right? Yeah. It's uh that ambiguous ending is earned because uh, of the way he treats uh, Antoine throughout the movie, right? He's never uh, like I we were talking about. He is sympathetic towards him for sure, but he's not like overly sympathetic towards him. He feels, in my in my opinion, he's way more honest towards him. Yeah. You know, like uh, maybe he sees himself obviously a lot of himself in in that character uh, he directs, but at the same time, uh, he's kind of not like. There are certain movies where they're trying to tell a coming of age story, where by the end you can tell like no matter what the character did, he the director's trying to force you to like the character no matter what. Yeah. It doesn't feel like that to me in Porn and Blows, yeah, really. Yeah, it kind of yeah, just, like, he stays the same character throughout, and you can like him if you don't, if you like him, and if you don't, you don't. Yeah. You know? And maybe the music, you could say, at the end, kind of, like, influences to make you like him at the end, but I don't know. At the end, like, we can just talk about the ending, because yeah, I mean, the whole movie's not? about the ending. <laughs> like, just him feeling that freedom. Yeah, but right? at the same time, you know... But it's he, he, you know he's, he's, he's alone in the world. Yeah, yeah. You know he's well, to see, I don't even think of it as freedom. I think of it. I think of the scene before where they caught whether they caught the kid that ran away to Paris or whatever for four days, and I think that's probably what's going to happen to him. But oh, I mean, exactly. I haven't, see, I haven't saying, seen the sequel. Saying, I haven't yeah. seen the sequels or anything like that, so I don't know what happens. Oh, dude, it's uh, but that ambiguous ending. That's what I thought happened. Yeah. It's like yeah, he's got like this moment of freedom, but yeah, <laughs> he'll I mean, probably get caught again. And that's why I mean, he is a kid. So. And you can see it in his face too. That's why I yeah. think that's why he used the freeze frame just to highlight it. Honestly, the freeze frame is just beautiful. Honestly, like oh, it's a great freeze frame. Just yeah. the the close up all of a sudden after yeah. the camera's kind of just far away from him. Uh, yeah. It zooms into him. I'm pretty it sure, does, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, awesome. Man, I mean, do, do you think uh, he did better than Ray did? And honestly, I was just gonna mention this um, because uh, we were talking about we don't know what happens after, but to some degree we do know what happens after because Truffaut made like three other yeah. movies <laughs> about what happened after. Yeah. But that's the thing. It's he never directly references anything that really happens in the uh, Foreign Blows in the later movies. It's more like you can, it, and, and uh, this is kind of off topic, but watching uh, the Apu trilogy's last movie, Apu Sansar, uh, The World of Apu in English, uh, it reminded me of watching some of the later uh, Truffaut movies about Antoine. Okay. In terms of watching the later movies and just having in the back of your head knowing. Uh, what this kid went through. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, that's and true, it really, it's true. like, it's just backstory that's earned, but it's never directly mm-hmm. referenced in the movies. Kind of, you just have to know about it, right? Yeah. And, uh, that's honestly probably a reason why I really, like, after I watched The Foreigner Blows, uh, recently, a couple weeks ago, I went through and watched, uh, 
those other ones with Antoine specifically. Because okay. I kind of just wanted to see uh, his progression. You know what? Because yeah. obviously Truffaut sees himself in that character. You know, he's yeah. not hiding that. So yeah. Okay. Yeah. How uh, Truffaut sees his own growth and stuff. But um, the newer movies are also they have his own criticisms. You know, it's just more adult life criticisms than compared to Child, right? Like. Yeah. And that leads us back to this movie, where I think he is honest. Right, he's not just saying everything the kid is do- is doing is good. He's just saying like, you can understand why. Look at his, uh, yeah. look at his family life, or look at how the teacher treats him. You know, he's not even giving him a chance. That kind of thing. But I feel like I've been talking a lot. What else? Yeah, I mean, what yeah. Else? So Blake, I mean, what? I feel like I should ask you your thoughts if you can even add anything. I mean, no. I mean, I feel like I was giving some thoughts while Dane was talking for sure. But no, I love the movie. Yeah. Um, this is my first time watching it a few weeks ago, and I'm, oh, I didn't know it was your first time. No, yeah, it was yeah. my first time watching it. Like I said, I haven't been in, in French New Wave before, so <laughs> this is my first time with a lot of these movies besides Sambarda and Godard. But um, no, I loved it. I like I like the simple storytelling. I saw a lot of a lot of similar. Um, like a lot of influences on later movies from specifically from the 400 blows obviously yeah um I just I honestly just like character dramas and I like the character in this one like I love Antoine yeah I love the kid and if Truffaut I, I honestly thought that um he didn't portray the kid as being all good, obviously, but I don't think he portrayed him as being like bad or anything either oh yeah like I don't sure. consider anything that he does in the movie like bad i was saying that's why i I like the word honest yeah he's honest like it's like this is just something that would happen with a uh, a kid yeah right it's not he's not necessarily saying it's good or bad it's just uh this is just something that he's just showing it right it's just showing it yeah and obviously he's sympathetic towards him and so you could say in a way it is good he's at the end saying it's good but i mean isn't that how we're like to a certain degree you have to feel that way about kids you know because uh you can't really be like oh they're bad people because like we know they can't really understand everything they're doing. Yeah. And that's what, honestly, uh, that, this, that can kind of lead us into more of the form, formal aspects of the movie, like, in terms of how he shoots it. Yeah. In terms of always keeping, like, always shooting uh, Antoine like he's the adult. In yeah, the yeah, You know, yeah. the camera's always at yeah. his level, or him and his friend's level. I love yeah. that, you know? yeah. Uh, or, uh, yeah. So, like, he's treating him like an They adult. aren't looking down at him. Yes, yes, yeah. exactly, yeah. exactly. Literally. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, I... I feel like that aspect is also helped by uh, Jean-Pierre Law's performance in that. Like, yes, we need to talk. Holy, yeah, we definitely. Need oh to my talk about gosh! That. Like, because uh, yeah, I, mean, I saw. An, uh, I don't know if you guys have seen it, but there's a clip of the audition where he auditioned for the movie, and you could just tell in that audition, he is the most confident, cocky, yes, son of a gun ever. Yes. Like, he he's like he's so like. He's so ready for the moment. You could tell in the audition. Like, I, I'm gonna show you guys. Like, like after you this. can tell. Yeah. Uh, he's not gonna have any problem with the camera in front of him. He's gonna oh, be the same yeah. person. And like, know? I think, I think, I forgot. I haven't seen it a bit, but like, I think he was like 14 or 15. He's like, and then everybody goes, you know, you know, you have to t- play a 12 year old, right? He's like, oh yeah, I got it. Don't worry. Oh yeah, yeah. don't even worry about. Oh, really? it. I've he's been 15 12. in that movie. <laughs> I think he's like 14. Okay, well, 14. let me look that okay, up. Let me look that up. Actually, okay, okay. Yeah, hold on, but. Um. But yeah. I see what you're, yeah, but it's that confidence. Oh, oh yeah, I, I can do it. I mean, he needed that confidence for this because yes. he's a. The character uh, has to be confident in this movie because oh, yeah. he is very brash. So. Oh yeah. Yes, um, I think it does a good job of showing that uh, in terms of, it's almost an over a fake overconfidence on purpose, right? He's trying to hide, you know, obviously he's trying to hide a lot yeah. that's going on, like, 
but he knows he has to be like that because, you know, his parents aren't obviously paying yeah. attention to him at that so point. So one thing that I actually do want to ask you guys is, is do you think he actually plagiarized that essay? Because I don't think he did. I think he just wrote a great essay, and the teacher thought he couldn't do it because he wanted to believe he yeah. couldn't do it. Yeah. And that's Good the reason question. he got shipped off to military school. That's what I really thought. So, like, that's what I thought. And yeah, I was I like, mean, that's just... That's, that's messed up, man. I mean, because that's, that's uh, literally well, just, like, kind of what the movie's bringing the point to of saying, like, the adults don't see, don't think this kid can ever change, so he obviously can't write a paper like this. Yes. He, he obviously can't study like this, yeah. even though he almost yes. burned his house down because that's he was studying. Really so. In terms of, like, and when a kid understands that adults think of him that way, they're just going to act that Yeah, way. they are going to try right? after that. Yes. When they realize... Because after that, that is especially whenever he was like, yeah, I'm yes. just not, I'm done. I don't care anymore, so... Uh, and that kind of... Uh, I mean that it's kind of related because when you say after that he was kind of done, that's really after that point is when he gets into military yeah. school, right? And like yeah. that has one of the saddest moments for me is um, when his friend comes to visit and they won't even let him see his friend for a little bit. Yeah, dude. And I feel like that's when he decides. Messed up. Man. That's when he decides because like yeah. remember his mom is like, "Don't expect your dad; he's not coming." That kind of thing. Yeah. But then the real blow was like his friend was there and they wouldn't even let him see him. Yeah. Yeah. Blow. Like like he was. <laughs> Four hundred blows. <laughs> 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 Man, what was I saying? <laughs> you were talking about I the kid. To. You were I talking about oh, the kid. kid. Yeah. I had to. Um, they and this like is, um, has anyone, have either of you seen uh, Rushmore? No, yeah. I haven't. Okay. I've seen Rushmore. Uh, do you remember his friend in Rushmore? Yeah. He literally reminds me of the friend in Former Blows. I can see I can, that. I, I, it might I be mean, on purpose. Dude, Wes Harrison. Uh, I mean, come on, Rushmore is definitely influenced so. at least a little bit. Oh, for sure. That relationship, for sure. Yes, yes, the relationship between those two, yeah. I mean,. It's a little different in Rushmore, but you can see what I'm saying. And the the characters kind of those friends remind me of the same. Like, yeah. If you've seen both, you'll know what I'm talking about. Yeah, and I mean, I, I did look it up, and he was 15 years old when it was filming. Wow. See, I would so, never want to guess that. Yeah, I mean, and then also he went on to become like a really good actor too, yes, which is crazy. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I mean, his performances in like Day for Night and Irma Vep, like everything I've seen him, he's just been amazing in. Like, he aged really well, you know. He, he wasn't just like a child star that just was like a one-hit wonder, you know. He kept doing it, but that's um, true. Like, do, do we have an actual? I'm trying to think if we have an actual like that now. Uh, Christian Bale was a child actor. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Because he was in that Spielberg movie, wasn't he? E.T. or something? No, 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 Empire of the Sun. I think he was. He was oh, a child. Oh, I guy. remember that. I have no yeah. idea. Yeah, he was in like he was like a hold okay. on. Yeah, how old was he? In that? I don't even remember. I feel like there is definitely some, but I don't, I don't know. But either way, uh, John Pierre Lott is a great example. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, because yeah, you don't always see that. Especially, I mean, he had the advantage of having a great director. Oh, I'd be yeah. like, I'm going to keep you in my movies, you know. <laughs> uh, but it's a two-way street. It's, a, it's both yeah, ways. I mean, it's both ways. He obviously found a great actor that carries yeah, the movie. Yeah. <laughs> carries movie, yeah. True. I mean, he really does. True, I mean. Like, he does... he's, his face is one of the things you're going to remember the most. Literally, yeah, the face frame at the end. Um, yeah. But yeah, um, also one, another thing I wanted to get into is uh, how do you think it is similar to other Truffaut movies, do you think? like, okay. well, What similarities can you see with, with other Truffaut movies to this movie? Because hmm. I know you've been watching a lot of Truffaut lately. So. <laughs> I have uh, a decent amount. Uh, really, like what I've been saying, I guess the first thing that comes to mind is that kind of honesty towards your characters. Yeah. You know? And uh, that's something I like about a lot of directors, but... I have noticed this about uh, Truffaut, like Day for Night especially, right? Oh, the whole yeah. movie's about that in a certain way of like uh, just showing all the different characters it takes to make a movie. Yeah. But really through just the movie lens, showing just all the different people, you know, yeah. just showing all the types of people, and, you know, and why uh, why you should uh, why they're worth filming. 
you know, yeah, 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 that's yeah, what the movie's yeah. about, so. Uh, no, I definitely like your honesty thing because I do think he shoots all most. Like I've only seen like I was gonna say, not a lot of similarities because the only three I've seen from are Corner Blows, Day for Night, and, sh- and Shoot the Piano Player, <laughs> and those are three tonally distinctly different movies. Like <laughs> yeah. they are different genres yes. of movies, but yeah. they all do look at their characters the same. They yes. they film them honestly. They don't like they don't have try to have opinions and tell you how to feel about these characters in any yeah. of them really. Yes. And that's honestly, you mentioned that it's one of my favorite parts about Truffaut in general is, uh, and I guess we're going to see this with a lot of the French New Age directors, what we talk about in the next few weeks, but um, the experimentation with style and tone, right? Yeah. Like Blake said, all those movies feel totally different. Um, the stories are way different in all of them. Yeah. yeah. And yet they still feel the same because of Truffaut. Right? Yeah. And uh, I also think, uh, I also feel like Truffaut's movies are always very grounded, you know, they're always very. I don't. It's kind of hard to explain, but you know. There's one. Okay, I don't want to spoil the moment. But there's one moment in Small Change, uh, that's like just completely opposite of that. But oh, for the really? most part, for the yeah. most part, he like is. It's very, very grounded. You know... But when he's not grounded, he's he's doing it on purpose. Yeah, that's right? that's that would make sense. Um, yeah. Because there are some. You could say like Jules and James is not always totally grounded. I don't even think shoot you know. the piano player is always totally ground. Yeah, well, I mean, but for like, the most part, he is. I can say that Yeah, I can. For the most part, it's kind of hard to explain why I feel that way, but like it's maybe in the coming weeks we can talk about more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but because we'll definitely have to talk about some more Truffaut movies. But yeah. I mean, um, what about the next one though? Oh, Breathless. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. I mean, so uh, I know uh, Blake. I feel like we should yeah, start we with start your with thoughts. Blake, yes. Blake, you're not. You're the hater. I'm not yeah. a hater on it. So I. I am not, I don't love Breathless because I respect and love the filmmaking in it, all the different shots and all the experimentation, but I hate Michelle, and I don't like Patricia that much. The reason is, I, now see, I go back and forth about these characters, honestly. I just hate them in general, like, that's the reason why I don't like the movie, because I don't like watching these two characters together. I don't think they work together, I don't get it. I don't understand why they like each other. But do you think that's the point? But see, that's what I was getting at. Like, I think <laughs> that some, some people. I think some people see this and think that. <laughs> I think they're thinking that Godard is smarter than he is. Honestly, it's sometimes like okay, I don't man. think he. Well, because I honestly, with the Godard movies I've seen, this man is a raging sexist. Like, I mean, honestly, <laughs> like. I mean, yeah, I, so, I don't know if I can disagree with that. Oh, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> So whenever he's I don't know about put, raging sexism. Okay, but, maybe yeah. not raging. Uh, but I mean, like Alphaville is very sexist. I hate that okay, movie I need so to much. That. But uh, no, I I've seen I've seen that. I've seen a few guitars, and I don't really like. I know a woman is a woman. That, that movie just the title is like. <laughs> yeah, that movie was like, a it's just dream. Like, I, don't, I don't understand. Like, um, but this movie, people, I understand the opinion of saying he portrays Michelle as this loser, that is kind of like. Because he gets all of his quotes from like the Frank Bogart movies. Like he tries to act cool. He's not cool. He's like, but that's like the he's, point, he's right? a loser. Yeah, yeah he's exactly. He's trying to be Bogart. No, he's trying to be Bogart. He like I think people, I think Godard, you could say that he's filming him like a loser, but I don't think he is trying to do that. Oh. I think he's trying to show him being cool. I think you're supposed to like this guy. Like, I think I you're supposed to like I don't, this I definitely guy. disagree. Yeah, I don't know. No, because that's that. whenever I watch the movie, like everything that some, everything you're uh, everything he's no. doing makes you try to like this guy. Because like you're supposed to feel for him whenever he dies at the end. But well, that's like, or do you think, or do you think the character is trying to vie for your for for you no, to like him? I think he's like a he's like a film noir hero, an anti-hero, right? Where oh, like 
he's trying like and you might not disagree compared to someone like Humphrey Bogart or Cary Grant I don't know about Cary Grant as much but like definitely Humphrey Bogart where it's this no matter how much bad he does you can't help but liking him when he's on screen but see I don't like cool the show. Is. but there are a lot of people obviously that do like no, him no exactly yes. and that's why I'm but saying but you're saying like, Godardi, uh, I, th- I, I think Adard likes him I think Adard oh, wants he us to like him he, he's and I think uh, and I think that yes. his that the Certain problem with like Patricia yeah. is I like Patricia I think that if a different director did Patricia I would like it more because I've seen all these other Godard movies where his where the women in his movies are just like these sex symbols that are just there to like be talked yeah. down to by the man. Like they're just there to so like the man can show how much yeah. it, how intellectually superior he is yeah, to the woman. Man. And that's not how it is in this one because she's a strong-willed woman. But at the same time, I think he's trying to make it seem like she's a seductress that's leading Michelle to die. Yeah, and like I, that's how it I feels to me. Oh, but see, what you saying that made me th- actually think of this in terms of her character. I feel like we're supposed to be in her shoes more in terms of while we're watching him, we see literally like how she feels in terms of, oh, I, I like him for all these parts, but deep down I know he's not a good person and I should not be with him. Maybe it's just because I can't the end, see when the parts she calls that the, she likes. And when she, at the end when she calls the cops, that's like us being like, almost us being like, okay, we made the right decision. You know, like obviously there's no Yeah, yeah but then she also um, goes back on that and tries to tell him to run away. Does, so. But still, that's what, I mean, obviously that's what love is and she loves him. Yeah, but I, In terms of... Uh, how do we how are we, how are we supposed to feel towards the anti-hero at the end of the day? Yeah. I mean, because but see, he doesn't do anything heroic to be like an anti-hero. No, he's trying well, to that's... be though. He's trying to be. I mean, and, and, and with your point, to her, to her. Yeah. and uh, with to your her, yes, with your she's point true. of how uh, Godard like portrays women in a sexist way, I kind of agree with that. Um, and I think it's why uh, so in masculine and feminine. Uh, Paul he, Paul's the main character. Uh, Jean Pierre Law is in it. I forgot I forgot to mention that when I was watching Jean Pierre Law performances. But in in that movie, uh, he's dating Madeline, uh, aspiring pop singer, and she's a strong female character. And it, it was really interesting to me. I, it might have been why I liked it so much is that for once, Godard's actually like portraying a very strong, you know. But see, I can't. I see. I can't definitely. I haven't even seen that many Godard, but I can't say for once because like, for one thing. Uh, I think a lot of what Blake's saying is true in terms of he tried he maybe you could say uh, he's sexist in terms of the characters he likes portraying, in terms of he likes portraying uh, you know these movie star type characters that like to act like movie stars and that are yeah. sexist towards women, but at the same time I don't think he always it's not like he always likes these characters too like Michelle dies at the end for a reason, you know and like there are scenes like I he still dies remember this, because I remember this, um, of a noble reason to Godard in my opinion like he dies because because Michelle doesn't want to leave her like he he does like he see, doesn't want he, uh, he still believes in their love like he doesn't want to yes. leave her and like I think that's supposed to be a noble thing at the end and I don't I don't, I don't know, agree uh, I don't know okay because one of the things that made me like it more this time was at the very end uh when they're talking about am I gonna go to prison he's like oh I won't mind going to prison uh, it's one of my favorite parts of the movie. Uh, she's like, oh, you would hate prison. He's like, oh, I could do it. You know, I'll just stare at the walls. And you're like, just the whole movie we've watched, it's like, no way this guy would do yeah, it. No. Yeah, no. And the next cut is one of those fast jump cuts automatically to him on the, to him on the street, like, already just trying to leave. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, yeah. even he can't lie to himself about that. And that's why he runs away to me. It's like, he knows he can't be in prison. You know, that's why he keeps talking about Rome and everything, you know? Like, we have to get to Rome. We have yeah. to run away. So. But, uh. That doesn't mean, like, I don't think Godard likes him. Like, I just think he sees this character's destined to end like this. You know? Yeah. The movie starts with his ending, basically, with the killing the cop. Like, you can tell this guy's too dumb to, you know, yeah. get away with killing the cop. <laughs> his like, he's just right. literally running around Paris the whole time with his newspaper everywhere. <laughs> with his face yeah. in the newspaper. Everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, and that's what I'm saying. Like, 
I think Godard does a good job, better this time watching it, of really subtly portraying that she is way smarter than him at the end of the day. Oh, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree. She I agree. She, she's though. more aware yes. than maybe just yeah. this dumb uh, girl that's just uh, falling in love with this uh, stupid French guy. Uh, dumb yeah. American girl that fallen. Dumb American girl. Yeah. She's American. I, she yeah, is, she's, yeah. American, she's yeah. New Yorker. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, um, but how about the technical aspects of it? Do you are you like mostly on board with all that? Oh or? yes. No, I love the filmmaking of it. Yeah, the, okay. the main problem I have is I just don't like watching the characters. Like I just okay, don't think yeah, it works. Fair. I really honestly. think that's fair. Yeah. I just don't think it works. For me, it doesn't work. I don't know. For for you guys, it obviously does. But does, for, yeah. and for a honestly, lot of people, talking for, about I'm in the minority. Yeah, I'm a minority. Obviously, man. Talking about Breathless is nice because like, man, I just like, I just. The reason, reason I just to get into why I love like Breathless. I mean, I think I have it like four stars in Letterbox. Honestly, I haven't watched it in a while. I need to rewatch it, but um, probably should have. But it's a movie that it. always sticks in your head. At least yeah, and it, I just know. love the, like the noir, like the mood of it, the score, the you know, just the the. I feel like the dialogue is so smooth. The way like he just like the the characters just feel like, natural. Yeah, it just feels yes. so natural um, and smooth. I saw and... this quote. I don't remember the exact quote, but he said something about the movie where it was just basically like I was filming. Uh, I was just filming the two actors, you know. Yeah, yeah, as close to as possible, like you know, just letting them talk almost. Like I'm sure there was a lot of improvising they were doing, just uh, letting them talk and stuff. Okay. Um. But yeah, I really do feel uh, that's honestly one of my favorite parts is how natural the characters talk to each other. Yeah. Because it's another funny part, like in terms of him not necess- not obviously not being a great guy. It's like the opening scene of him with a girl is not with her. It's with him asking another girl yeah, for money. And yeah, then he yeah. Literally goes, and then she does that money, and then he goes to see her. You know, like obviously, like like watching it this time, knowing he's gonna die, and knowing she's gonna make the choice that she really she's gonna call the cops. It makes me like the movie more in terms of, uh, like he's obviously has this kind of desperation about him. Like, yeah, he knows deep down he's kind of dumb. But I think the that the problem with that is, and I think the problem with Godard is that he does film him like you're supposed to like him. Because he wants you in to like way. him. He wants At you some to like moments. him. Okay, oh, yeah, I was going to mention this earlier. But there's a scene um, where he's uh, he's kind of just being like, he's talking about, uh, he calls her an 8 out of 10. And he's like, yeah. oh, you know, remember he's like, you know, <laughs> yeah. like a lot of French girls, or like a lot of American women, uh, and he, like Swedish women. I forget exactly what he says. But he calls her an 8, and while he's having that whole rant, uh, Godard just starts playing this huge train tra- uh, train uh, soundtrack <laughs> over him, like like just trying to drown him out, you yeah. know? Because yeah. immediately after he stops talking, he starts playing the music again. Like, and there's little moments like that throughout the movie where the soundtrack in the back, or just uh, what they switch the conversation yeah. to after or something, yeah, where you, you can tell. Uh, Godard's not taking him seriously. Yes, he's not taking yeah. him seriously. He, uh, he's trying to film. He's trying to film him, at least in my opinion, like he was uh, a film noir hero, right? Like he was Humphrey Bogart, but also at the same time making you realize that he's just you know he's a, a guy phony. Like, yeah, he's a, he's he's a phony. Yeah, he's a dumb criminal almost. You know. Yeah. But yes. he, you can be a dumb criminal and be cool at the same time, you know. It's hard to admit, but you can be. It's true. Yeah, I mean, I don't think he's cool though. That okay, that's true. That's the problem. Okay, I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't yeah. click with that part. No, but could you? But see, I think. But could you see why she would think that he's? Part? No, you, that's you the problem. That's where that. the disconnect happens with me in this movie. Is I don't understand how she thinks this guy's cool. Yeah. Like he's just okay, a deadbeat yeah. loser to me. Like I don't know. He's <laughs> got some cool moments. Come on. Yeah, I don't know, man. You don't like the whole lip thing. No, that's the only thing I was thinking about. Like you don't think the score is like cool? You think the score? Well, the score. That's that's different. That's different. That's not him. Like I that's mean, it's, Godard. It's, like, it's kind of what I think about when I talk about when I think about the movie, though. That's oh really? What I was getting at. When I think about the movie, I think about the score because like the score is very nice. But all, a lot of noirs have really, really good scores because they are like noirs are very good. Yeah. I mean, they got really good scores. 
<laughs> and Miles Davis is scoring though. Oh yeah, Elvira yeah, the gal is really, was really good. Oh man, <laughs> but now uh, I feel like a good conversation point would also be uh, what similarities can you see between this and the four hundred blows? Similarities. Yeah. I mean, just on a very basic level, I literally think of the streets. You know, yeah, how much yeah, of the streets yeah, and definitely. the cars outside you see, and them walking across the street and walking on the sidewalk. And yeah. And obviously, that's a very big thing with the French Way, but especially yeah. with those two. Yeah. And um, also, how you kind of get transported into Paris. Yes. Yeah, kind of what I was talking about yes. earlier in the episode. I mean, but... honestly, I feel like that way more with Foreigner Blows, it feels like they're way more going around the city and stuff. Yeah. Uh, enough. I mean, I, I said I meant breathless. I meant breathless. Yeah, I was gonna say I disagree. Being, yeah, no. In terms of that being in the car, driving around, and, and everything like that. Yeah, but but former blows as well. Like, uh, yeah, especially when they're just walking around the street. Or a great sh- uh, shot in former blows is when they're all uh, going to like they're on some like field trip or, or outside, and they're all walking in a straight uh, in a line, and then slowly you just start seeing the kids run out of the line. Like two by two, and they're all like running their own way. While... Yeah. It's like yeah. it's honestly like a, a an early drone shot. It's not. A, it's probably not a drone. It's like some kind no, of crane. No, no, it's something. like a crane. It's like a crane on a building probably. or something. I mean, they but... showed that in the in Day for Night, like that crane shot. I don't know yes, if you remember yeah. that. But that's why. That's why I imagine uh, that was. It reminded probably. me of that. But I love that scene in uh, Foreign Wars yeah. too. Yeah, I mean. Uh, but like that gets me to my point of just literally the streets. That's what I think yeah. about. Yeah. You know? And uh. They're also character. They're both character driven. Oh yeah, oh, for sure. Yes, yes. Very character driven. But the characters are so different. That's why I don't think of yeah. that similarity wise. Like, but they are characters. <laughs> yes. Oh yeah. Um. Okay, let's. We should talk about that. Which is your favorite character of the three main ones? The three main ones and. All breathless. So the two Corn. main. Okay. So two main and breathless, and then Antoine and Foreigner Blood. I, mean, I, mean, I, I can't have to say Antoine. Antoine. I, I can't okay. have to say Antoine. I'm not Although Patricia is definitely. Yeah, a good Patricia. Character. I, I really liked character. her. And, I mean, um, I, I like the characters in. Breathless, like as character. No, I don't. Michelle yes. bottom five character. Role. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I, too I, mean, too, I, I, just, I just think Antoine's too good of a character and too like. He's too real. He's more real yeah. than the other two. Too, too more relatable, yeah. you know. Well, I mean, he. You can just tell he's very personal to Truffaut and the, the yeah. screenwriter mentioned last yeah. time, Marcel Moussi. Um. Yeah, you can just tell it's way more like. It's supposed to be way more authentic than like I mean in Breathless they are trying to be characters of some degree yeah. you know like the Hollywood influence is huge there. And that's true. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but, but like, okay, let's. Any, what did you like about it the most then? I like. It doesn't sound like you hated it. Right? No, I don't so, hate it. I definitely, yeah, I, I enjoy watching the filmmaking. I just don't okay. like the characters, which that's is fair. which is why I, I won't watch this too many too many more times probably in my life. I don't know. Maybe I'll come around to it eventually. In like maybe, twenty but... years, you're like, oh, maybe I'll throw this on again. <laughs> maybe he's cool after all, you know. <laughs> <laughs> maybe he is cool. Maybe we'll no, talk. Uh, <laughs> no, Breathless will be canceled by then. You know. Oh my so, god. Uh, no, okay, Godard. Okay. Godard will be canceled in general. <laughs> I mean, Godard has definitely tried to be canceled. He's about to be dead. Yeah. This guy's not yeah. going to be canceled. Come on. He's going to die soon, so I don't yeah. think. Oh, hey, no, hey, my favorite on, part on. was definitely probably the Sorry, Godard. Though. I mean, he's like 90-something. <laughs> come on. We're gonna hey, we're all going to die someday. We're going to have to do a retrospective soon. So. But him sooner. No. <laughs> but, uh, no, my favorite part was probably definitely this. It was the score, and I did like the cuts. The cuts yeah, were, the like, cuts were beautiful. Yes. Uh, yes some Those were my two favorite cuts, parts. And I mean, the movie just looked amazing like gorgeous. it's gorgeous i mean it is that goes honestly uh yeah foreign blows i think of the piano uh the the, the theme song in foreign blows, foreign blows yeah. honestly one of my favorite parts was the scene where he's in the uh, printing factory and he almost gets caught by the two guys there just trying to live there i don't know why i like that scene <laughs> so much it's just like because he's he ran away from home didn't have anywhere to go and didn't want to get caught obviously but so i don't know i just kind of like that scene a lot it is yeah. a sad scene like 
Yeah, it's just like um, this guy. This is this is what he thought he had to do to get noticed by his parents. Yeah, I was like, it's just really sad. And then and then, but uh, and it's honestly kind of just like a. I guess it's ironic or something. I don't know what word to use, but him uh, getting caught putting it back instead of stealing yeah, exactly. it. It's just like yeah. just a classic oh example. You know, don't say, oh, like he was doing the right thing in that moment, was, and that's what he gets yeah. in trouble for. You know, like it's kind of classic. goes off the point you were saying earlier about him not even getting believed when he does write a good essay. Yeah, you yeah. Know? <laughs> uh, also, another good question, like. What's your favorite? What would you say your, uh, some of your favorite scenes of those movies that are just like on a technical level, just like what shots do you just like are like wow? From, like, the, from these two? Yeah, honestly, for uh, me, it's the okay. uh, I love the um, the shot at the end of Breathless where he's just the camera's just moving down the street, you know, after he gets shot. Um, oh, and then her falling. And then, yeah, uh, yes, that's I a love that shot. Yes, oh my shot, goodness, yeah. and has the it doesn't have a landmark in the background. Uh, I forgot what is in the background? It's the arc. Day Triumph, is that what it's called? Arc Day Triumph? I think, you, you, you know what you're talking about, right? Yes. The yes. thing in the roundabout? Yeah. Dude, I love that shot. That shot's so good, dude. <laughs> um, I also just love the scenes when they're driving in the car in general. Yes, just, that's what I would think of. Yeah. Uh, or honestly, okay, this is what actually what I think of. Is, um, when I think about, I'm going to think about most about, because you mentioned earlier what do we like most about it. What I think about most is the structure of the movie in terms of, uh, I forgot how long the bedroom scene was to get oh, to the yeah. other two characters. It's like almost documentary style and just just filming a, a conversation they might have had. Yeah. But at the same time, it's revealing so much about them, even though it still feels like just a normal everyday conversation. Yeah, yeah. Just in terms of, like, what they choose to talk about. Yeah, and it, it's you know? it's like isn't it right like at like right when they, you see them like meet on camera on the first time. Isn't that I haven't seen in a while. You have to it is the me. first time they meet. Yes. Yeah. So it kind of it, it kind of it's a good introduction. Mm. I feel like yeah. The first time Patricia mission. Yes. In the uh, no, no. Do, do they, they, meet, the they meet on the road. On yeah. the oh, street. oh yes, yeah, that they they on the street. Street. But like yeah, right, to the right. audience, I'm in saying yeah. Audience, yeah. But in terms of we actually hear them talk a lot. But what shots on their way to the bedroom? Well, I mean. From Foreigner Blows, I'm just thinking of, for some reason, whenever you ask that, the thing that popped in my head was never the drop of water balloons on, on people. <laughs> I don't know why I thought of that, but that's just the scene that stuck out to me. It, just, it was just kids being kids, you know? Another scene where kids are being kids. Not necessarily bad, not necessarily good. Do you remember yes. what I'm talking about? Wait, yeah. He's dropping a. They, they go up to like the very oh, top yes, of that yes, building yes, and drop water yes, balloons on people. Yes, and I'm like, yeah. this is just so dumb, but okay. Uh, just a great, great build world. The scene on, of course, the classic scene on the. Um, Spinny thing, I don't know. Yes. Oh yeah, that's a classic. The, the I mean. Amusement park ride. Yeah. yeah, that looks fun. Like I haven't seen that. I, I've actually that, been on. I've those, actually been on. You've been on one of those? It's it's. It was it was it was in a theme park. No, in the one where he's like he's like it's spinning really fast and he's on the very edge of it. Yeah. And he's like. Oh can, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the ones I've been on are like you're you're in like a cage kind of thing. You're not like. Like, okay, yeah, that's what I was. Yeah, uh, I've been one. There's, there's some amusement. That looks fun. Now, see that? Yeah, it's that, cool. It feels weird. That just feel. No, that just feels like you're you're training for like NASA or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did love that scene though, where he's just like moving sideways. Yeah, he's like, like upside down. Yeah. I was just like this guy, oh, just having fun. <laughs> but um, I think that's I think that's good though. We, yeah, I mean. Uh, oh, we should talk about okay. Which one would we have to, if we had to recommend one of them to the audience? They're listening. They haven't watched either one. Which one are you recommending? Foreign Blows. Um, I mean, it depends on what type of movies they like and how well, into okay. movies they okay, are. Okay, now you're getting too detailed. No, yeah, I mean, a yes I don't no know. Question. It's a yes or no question. It's a one or two. It's a yes or no. I mean, it's hard to like say. I mean, I feel like they should watch both of them. I mean, okay, yes, yeah. obviously we're reviewing both. <laughs> but uh, if you were I'm going to pick. die, if you were going to pick. die tomorrow, you could only watch one movie. Which one were you? If you're going to die tomorrow, between these two, between these two, which one would you watch? 
Okay. Horror blows for me pretty easily, honestly. But... That's hard. I probably... No, okay. Uh... Okay, I'll let you think about it. I'll I, go I, first. I, I kinda... I'll go first. Okay, yeah, you can go. I think I also have to say the 400 blows. Okay. I think I also have to say it, yes. Yeah, I, I, I want to say the 400 blows, but I kind of want to pick uh, Breathless. Make the Breathless argument. Yeah. Make the Breathless argument. Breathless, you know, it just shows... I feel like if someone had only seen... I feel like it would be a good movie to show someone if they'd only seen like the classic Hollywood movies and they haven't really been exposed to many old, old other old movies. I feel like it would show them, hey, old movies can be just as like energetic and you know okay. free spirited than. A lot, See, a lot if of I'm movies. talking to a person like that that doesn't like that won't like the foreign blows do i even want to be talking to them i mean come on i mean i know yeah. what he's saying though. no i know what i know yeah. what you're saying like you could honestly see a lot of similarities between the movies nowadays more in some ways to the foreign blow i mean to yeah. breathless than the foreign blows. i think it's a lot well i'd say it's more fast-paced in some scenes yeah yeah no it's uh, more fun it's, yeah, it's it fun. tries it to be fun. it tries to be fun like the foreign blows is not a fun movie <laughs> I mean, it's like sort of, yeah. it's fun for for us, kind of, but like it's a depressing movie. Yeah, and for the most in part, general, it's a depressing. There's definitely movie. some fun scenes movie. in it, like, oh, definitely. Yeah, definitely yeah, is, but like, definitely but in general, yeah. it's not. A, it's it's a kind of a depressing story about what this kid is having to go okay. through. But so, like, right. I understand what you were saying. Yeah. And then uh, I guess before we wrap this up, um, you were talking about how we should uh, to rate these. We should say whether we'd recommend it to someone like yes not not just like uh which one we'd rather recommend but would we just recommend it to someone in general like if let's just say someone that's wanting to get into, uh that just likes movies and just would you recommend this movie to people? okay yes. like, yeah yeah I, I don't know there's not really okay much the reason we were talking about we'll just go into why we said it, we want to rate it like this cause, yeah um for one reason i, I obviously i give ratings on letterboxd but I feel like my ratings will change even over the year, like, the more I watch or other movies and stuff. I don't know if it'll always hold true versus whether it being, like, would I watch this in the future? Would I recommend this to someone in the future? I feel like that that yes or no might stand the test of time. And I'll just – I'll go first. Yeah, go first. Yeah. For both movies, to me, I would definitely recommend for okay. different reasons, like, especially talking about it more now. I just feel like uh, kind of tying back to how we were talking about the French New Wave at the beginning and what I mentioned was – I just feel like even these two very basic, not basic, but uh, classic French New Wave movies that everyone, even people that haven't seen that many French New Wave movies have seen. Yeah. Uh, these two. Um, even these two movies do a good job of showing the diversity in, in styles of even those, uh, first of all, through these two directors, but also just the types of movies that, that exist in the French New Wave. Yeah. You know, like, a character. they're both character pieces. But they're so different in how they use they uh, use it formally, right? Like, yeah. one of them is way more influenced by you know the film noir in Hollywood, like Godard, and he's you know way more fast paced, energetic versus real life. Foreign blows. Influenced yeah. by real life. It's trying to be more authentically real life in terms yeah. of slower pace, slower camera. Yeah. Breathless kind of is more fo- is more inspired by movies, and yes. Foreign Blows is more inspired by real life. Yeah. Yes, and some. But then you can see the influence of uh, movies in true films. Well, yeah, I'm not saying there isn't, but, yeah, but I'm saying most, saying. Yes. for the most part. Yes, yeah. yes. There's a lot of different reasons to like both. Yeah, so what about you, Blake? Would you... I would recommend both also. I've oh. seen Breathless twice. I mean, I can't not recommend <laughs> it. I mean, I did, I, I'd recommend both of them, at okay. least to watch once. Okay. After that, you can make your own decision. <laughs> but <laughs> honestly, we might have to tweak this uh, question in future because... How many movies are we going to review where we're going to be like, we're not going to Oh, yeah, that's true. You know I didn't I mean? even think like, about how that. How many times are we going to be like, yeah, let's pick a movie we're not going to yeah. recommend? So we might, we'll tweak this. But <laughs> yeah. okay, still answer the question though, because I just thought of that. 
I mean, yeah. I, ha- I have to recommend both. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of obvious since we, you know, did a whole episode on them. Yeah, yeah right? I mean, spoiler alert, I like the movies, all right? Okay. Uh, but, um, I we'll, mean... We'll, we'll workshop that. We'll workshop yeah, that. Yeah, but, I mean, to get in just a little bit into it, I mean, like I said about Breathless, I mean, I feel like you can show it to anyone, and they at least find some parts entertaining. Or, and it's it's more accessible. Obviously, there's some scenes that I feel like, like the bedroom scene, I feel like a lot of people would kind of be like, bored by it but yeah and then especially if you don't see it coming like why is yeah. this happening like isn't it supposed to be an actual like a fast-paced movie but <laughs> yeah. to me like watching this time even the bedroom dialogue scene it honestly feels to me the most energetic the whole movie that is true yeah because i honestly i mean that's the type of movies i like more nowadays it's like getting to know the character through just the way the character uh the director chooses to shoot a movie and the dialogue they choose to use yeah you know but yeah and then i mean 400 blows i feel like i've said my piece on that. I mean, yes. Oh, yeah, it's the 400 that. blows. I mean, there's nothing else to add. I mean... <laughs> so why don't you just... Uh, yeah, I feel like that's a good place to wrap it up. Yeah, I mean... Uh, introduce next... Next uh, week... We uh, next next week? week we'll be going over uh, movies that influenced the French New Wave. Um, so stick around for Which that. Which movies are we going to be doing again? Um, Bicycle Thieves? Bicycle Thieves for sure. Italian Neorealism. And um, the Howard Hawks one. Film Noir. The Big Sleep. The Big Sleep, yes. I think that's a good... Uh, and then from there, we'll kind of go into more movies we want to talk about that influence the French New Wave. Yeah. But those, those will be the, the two main two, ones. Those will be the title uh, episode movies. Yeah. So, yeah, so um, I, man. But anything else to add, Luke? Nah. I'm... All right. See you next week. See you. Bye.